Good morning. I'm so happy to be back at St. Michael's. It's a gift. We've had a beautiful weekend, myself and my three companions that have traveled with me from Nashville, Tennessee and Thistle Farms. We were here for a conference that you guys hosted yesterday to learn about solutions and hope in the midst of some of the global issues of human trafficking. It's a huge success and we are just, we love y'all. Y'all loved Thistle Farms back before a lot of people did. <laughs> and gave us um, you know, a market and a community to start engaging with in Texas. And it's been a major way that you've preached love. I know you've done it a million different ways and a million different times. You have amazing outreach programs that give huge amounts of money, Project Moses, and all the ways that you're engaged with the village and housing in the city. It's huge. I was really, really sad that no one won the lottery last night. I kept thinking if someone here won the lottery, that would be good news for all of us. <laughs> Especially during stewardship, but alas, we're going to have to raise money the old-fashioned way. Just pray about it. But um, this gospel is a great gospel to get to reflect on, to think about servanthood and mission and outreach and how we walk. Sometimes the disciples in the gospel of Mark are referred to as the original Marx Brothers. That they always mess it up, no matter how many times Jesus explains it or what he does. And I know, I mean, Eric, you would fit right in with those folks. <laughs> as we all would. As we all would. We all get confused. We know we're supposed to do mission and outreach. Yes, we can do that, Lord. We can give. We can do this. But we get really confused and dazzled by power and politics. We get fearful of our own death and our memorial. And we get lost and forget the path of servanthood. And Jesus is like, okay, Mark's brother, disciples, come back. Let's do it again. Let's teach it again. And Jesus, the original healer in the Gospel of Mark, he spends the first half of the Gospel establishing himself as the healer and this being a healing community, the sacrament of the community. And he keeps crossing borders and bringing people in and healing and teaching and healing and teaching. And then he says, okay, now you want to know how to get to Jerusalem. Let me show you how to get to Jerusalem. And the path to Jerusalem is discipleship. And he says it over and over and over again. He gives them basically his sermon on the mount, his lessons in the path to Jerusalem. And he keeps like bringing children to him and saying, give a child a cup of water. Don't do anything to hurt a child. Love a child. He goes over and over it. And the best way I can explain it in a sentence is Jesus promises us two things. He promises us first that our life will have meaning and second that we will live forever. And if you get a better offer, take it. Your life will have meaning and you will live forever. And that is the best, best offer you will get in this world. And so it is in gratitude that we walk a path of servanthood all the way to our Jerusalem. 
Politics and power won't get us there. Fear doesn't get us there. Cynicism doesn't get us there. Anger doesn't get us there. Nothing else leads us on this path. It is servanthood and it is beautiful. We are reminded in all the outreach that all of us do that we are supposed to give and serve and care. But what Jesus is reminding us in this gospel is that all of us need to remember again and again, it's not enough just to serve. You gotta serve with love. And he tells them the story of the lost sheep about giving up the 99 and going after that one lost sheep and knowing that is the sheep that never forgets there were the person in the ditch in the story of the good shepherd or the woman who was forgiven when Jesus wrote in the sand. We need to serve in love, and it's not enough just to give. You've got to give in gratitude. We have to be thankful that we get to give for all the mercy we have known. The beautiful story of the the ten lepers and the one coming back saying, thank you, thank you. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. That gratitude is akin to faith. That when we give in gratitude, we're being faithful. And of course we care, but we have to care with dignity in this beautiful way that we offer love and respect and dignity to every person that we care about. It's not just servanthood, it's bold servanthood. It is passionate servanthood. It is servanthood of Jesus. My job at Thistle Farms is to now really help start new communities of women who are survivors of trafficking, addiction, and prostitution. I've been doing it for more than 20 years. I have been lost so many times and distracted so many times. I get caught up in things that don't matter and get down about things that I think are just too tragic or there's so much injustice. Um, You know, we have about 50 sister communities around the country now, and it's small homes for women that are long-term and free. So they can find the healing that they need. And it was my best way, this model of showing what I thought was real servanthood about caring with dignity and serving with gratitude and grace. It was my effort at doing that. Not too long ago, we were in Omaha and we were doing the thing we do. We come in for a weekend, Trinity Church there. And it was um, raising money so they could open their first home, preaching at the cathedral, meeting with community members that were interested doing all the things that we do busy for three days, and at the end of it, I felt depleted is the best way I can say it. Everything felt gray to me that whole weekend. The sky was gray, the trees were gray, the pavement was gray, the cars were gray, my soul was gray. I never travel without amazing survivor leaders who are graduates of the program, and that weekend I took a woman named Sophia who did an amazing testimony. Sophia, like many of the women who I've served for the last 20 years, in Sophia's case, she ran away from um, a foster home in sixth grade after being horribly abused. And she spent her teenage years in detention centers and on the streets. And then what we do is we graduated her to prison. 
And so then she spent the next 10 to 15 years in prison and finally came home to us at Thistle Farms. And, you know, she's just beautifully forgiving and amazing, wonderful person. She had never traveled before. She had seen the inside of prison walls. She had seen the underside of bridges. She had seen the short side of justice, the really mean side of racism. But she had never really experienced a lot of the beauty of this world. And so she didn't realize that we were really kind of going into a depressing situation in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, where everything was gray all weekend. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not taking you to a really fun place. But we did the work and we were flying home. And like I said, I was distracted as I've ever been. We're about 20,000 feet in the air. And Sophia didn't know the cardinal rule because she had never flown before. That you don't cross the armrest. Especially if somebody's in a really bad mood like I was. And so she's pushing against me and I'm leaning like this and finally I realized I've just turned all the way in and she's leaning across me and she's looking out the window and snapping and snapping and snapping pictures. We had broken through this grayness of clouds and there was a super moon. It was huge and it was haloed. And all that grayness in the clouds now from the top side of the cloud were, had reds and blues and purples. It was stunning. And she leans on me and she looks up and she goes, I know this sounds crazy. But I didn't know there was a sky above the clouds. I was like... Sophia, I'm good for another five years. I got it. I'm straight now. I'm back on the path. I'm back on the path. I forgot that there are people in this world that don't know there's something beyond that grayness. That forget to see the vast expanse of interstellar space in this fragile earth, our island home. That when we can do this work, and it opens up a whole world for people and they remembered their belovedness and worth and beauty. Then we know we're on the path to Jerusalem, that we are close. That we can trust our Lord and each other to keep loving, to keep serving with gratitude, to keep caring with dignity. And we'll get closer and closer. And when we get there, we'll think, Thank God. Thank God that the times I forgot there was a sky above the clouds, I kept walking. And somebody helped me get there. Thank God that even when the times I felt fearful or cynical or got confused by politics, I kept walking. And I got there. Our journeys begin and end with God in the heart of Jerusalem. And servanthood is the path.